0: Hi there, and welcome to Conversations with Father Greg. Today we have an episode for Sunday, May 7th, 2023, which is the fifth Sunday in the Easter season. We'll begin our time together today with a reading from the 14th chapter of John's Gospel. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so... Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. I spent some time this week thinking about one of my best friends from high school. He was the younger of two brothers. His older brother looked and acted exactly like their father. Knowing one was almost the same as knowing the other. It was like one of those police shows where they used computer software to age a picture of someone to see what they would look like when they were older. In fact, my friend's brother looked so much like their dad that my friend often wondered if he had been adopted. He hadn't, mind you, but, but that was the joke at the time. My friend's brother and his dad were the epitome of the expression like father, like son, and we get a glimpse of this in our gospel reading for today. But before we get there, we read about Jesus trying to offer his disciples some comfort. He tells them, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? These words are often used at funerals as an assurance of life beyond death. But when we look at the larger context, we see that we are in that part of John's gospel where Jesus has begun to prepare for his own crucifixion. Scholars refer to it as the farewell discourse. Jesus knows what's coming, and he's trying to prepare his followers for that. He tells them that he won't be with them much longer, because he will soon rejoin his Father in heaven. He makes a promise, however— that his disciples can join him where he is about to go. In the text that follows, John does not paint the disciples in the most flattering light. They don't particularly clue into what Jesus is telling them. Thomas admits to having no idea where Jesus is going, and then reasons that if he doesn't know where Jesus is going, how can he know the way? Jesus then tells Thomas and the others that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that everyone who believes in him will see the Father. There was a similar like-father-like-son relationship between God, the Father, and Jesus Christ. The beginning of John's Gospel describes Jesus this way, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like-father, like-son. Generous inside and out. True from start to finish. This text from the beginning of John's Gospel helps us understand that John really did understand a father and son relationship between God and Jesus. Jesus was telling his disciples that if they knew him, then they knew his Father in heaven. Like father, like son. Or maybe, like son, like father. I also think that we need to be very careful with today's Gospel reading. I know that there are some who use this part of John's Gospel as a way to threaten people into faith in Christ. Midway through our reading, we read that Jesus told Thomas, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There are those who see an unspoken implication in this text, which says that if you don't know Jesus, then you're on some kind of express train to damnation. I don't think that this is an entirely accurate translation of the text. At the very least, I see a little bit more nuance in this text. When Jesus spoke these words, he was speaking to his followers. They had a close relationship with him, and they did know and love him. It wasn't so much a case of if they knew and loved him. Jesus knew that they did love him. They had committed themselves to following him day in and day out for years. I think we need to read verses 6 and 7 together as though they were part of the same thought. Some scholars take a close look at verse 7 and translate it this way Jesus said, Because you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I think it's important to read this part of the text as a promise and not as a threat. These words were spoken to a small group of people who were about to see their friend and teacher be put to death. Jesus knew that they would experience grief and loss, and he was trying to prepare them for that with the promise that they would be reunited. So what does this mean for you and I today? It's important to see this as one part of God's invitation into relationship. One of the great themes woven through Scripture is the concept of God creating humanity and then inviting humanity into relationship with God. This invitation is extended time and time again. Early in Genesis, right at the beginning of Scripture, we read about Adam and Eve being disobedient to God's direction. God responded by walking through the garden in the cool evening air and calling out to Adam and Eve by name, seeking them out. This theme is repeated through the stories of the patriarchs and prophets. Whenever God's chosen people turn away, God doesn't choose another people, but reaches out to them through the prophets. Eventually, God's invitation would be expressed bodily through the person of God's Son, Jesus Christ. This concept of relationship speaks to us on two levels. The first way that this invitation can be understood is on a personal level. Like any genuine invitation, it can be accepted or declined. At the end of the day, we must each personally decide what we believe about the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible, the Christian faith, and even Jesus himself are pretty candid about Jesus' identity as the Son of God. To be clear, the invitation that is being extended is to a relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ. And make no mistake, if it's to be a genuine relationship, then it's to be something that is organic and growing. Genuine relationship can never be confused with something that is static and unchanging. That's true of our relationship with other people and also true of our relationship with God. The second way this invitation can be understood is on a corporate or collective level. In this way, we must examine how we respond to this invitation as a group, as church, as a faith community. In a little over two weeks, the church will commemorate the Feast of the Ascension in which the resurrected Christ returned to heaven. Immediately prior to his ascension, Jesus gave his disciples a mission to teach others everything that Jesus had taught them. They had each accepted the invitation into relationship, and now they were being told to extend that invitation to others. As people of faith, we have a responsibility to nurture our relationship with God, but also to invite others into a similar relationship as well. Jesus has made known to us the heart of God and has entrusted us with making God known to others. Jesus promises to be with us through the power of the Spirit to work in and through us to accomplish God's purposes in the world. This does not necessarily happen in easily visible, spectacular ways. Yet wherever there is healing, reconciling, life-giving work happening, this is God at work in and through our lives. Wherever there is life in abundance, this is Jesus' presence in our midst. Let's pray. Risen Christ, give us grace to love one another, to search for truth, and to walk in the ways of justice and peace, so that we may abide in the Father's love always. Amen.